Welcome to the Zero Hour Podcast, sponsored by Beecher Madden, the podcast that gives you the insights, techniques, and tools into top guests from the cybersecurity, governance, forensic, and data world. Welcome to the latest episode of the Zero Hour podcast and your host today is Carla Reffold. We are joined by Michael McGuinness who is a senior cybersecurity specialist at the Cooperative Bank. The former chemistry graduate from Durham University has recently celebrated five years at the Cooperative Bank. Michael was also recently nominated as the Cybersecurity Awards Newcomer of the Year for 2020. Hope you enjoy this episode. Michael, thank you so much for joining me today. You're very welcome. So tell us a little bit about you. Where were you born? Where did you grow up? So I was born and raised in Manchester um, before leaving for a short spell uh, just for university um, and then returned for the working world where I, I joined the cooperative bank. So tell us a little bit about your education. Where did you go to university and what did you do? So I went to university in Durham. Um, and I actually studied chemistry, so absolutely nothing to do with what I, I do now in my day job. Um, but lots of really good transferable skills, analytical skills um, that gave me a really good mindset, I think, for what I do today. I think that's really interesting because we talk a lot lately about needing transferable skills rather than a computer science degree. So, so I think chemistry as a degree is a really interesting move into cyber. Yeah, completely. And I think I, I didn't really know where I wanted to go having completed that degree. Um, I did know I didn't want to work in chemistry, but that was about it. Um, but then sort of landed in a cyber role ultimately um, and actually found that a lot of the skills I had developed were, were really useful and, and could be used in what I was doing. Do you remember when you first heard about cybersecurity? So probably not in terms of, of a concept. I think it's obviously it's been around for a long time. Um, and with sort of online banking and the rise of that was sort of as I was growing up. So I was always aware of cybersecurity, but probably not as sort of a, a, a job, if that makes sense, more as just a concept. Um, but as I was sort of looking to, to leave education and, and move away from chemistry, um, it was definitely something that piqued my interest when I started looking into more technical roles. Um, and understanding that, you know, what cybersecurity teams do is so important to protecting, you know, the customers of that company. Now, I understand you had an internship before joining the cooperative bank. Yeah, so I interned with JP Morgan um, as a summer intern, um, which again was, was just really interesting to get that insight into how a, you know, a large, very large organisation works and operates. And how did you go about getting your internship? Because I think a lot of people find them quite competitive. Yeah, so I, it was very competitive and it, it was very similar to sort of, I think, the process you go through to get onto a graduate scheme in the sense that, you know, you, there's an application process, then a face-to-face -face interview. Um, and I believe there were also some you know, competency tests before that as well. So multi-staged um, and it was very competitive in terms of getting it. Um, but really rewarding once you'd actually overcome all of that um, to then be embraced into, like I said, a, a really large global organisation. 
And it sounds like it was quite a valuable period of time in kind of introducing you to a business and what cybersecurity might offer. Yeah, definitely. So when I was there, I didn't work in a, a technical role, but I, I did a lot of, um, I did have a lot of discussions with people that worked in cybersecurity there, but and also just other sort of technical roles, so some of their architects. Um, and like you say, that was really interesting just to get a, an insight into what what needs to be done to to protect an organisation like that, but equally just how does a, a company like that operate? Obviously, just coming out of education, I didn't really have that appreciation. Um, so it was really beneficial to just get that that overview and understand how important it all is. So then you moved to the cooperative bank. And how was that as a process? Was that an easy role to find? So again, it was, it was very competitive in terms of the application process. Um, uh, but very similar to the internship. So I think that, that stood me in good stead, uh, understanding what to expect. So again, application process, some online tests, and then a face-to-face interview, um, and sort of um, assessment center, and then a final interview with one of the senior leaders at the bank. Um, but like I say, very similar to the sort of process I'd been through for my internship. So it really helped me to understand what was gonna be coming and what to expect. And how did you find that job search process as a whole? Was it was it easy? Was it long? Uh, I don't think it was easy. It was de- and it was definitely long, just in terms of uh, the job market at the time, and, and still is incredibly competitive. Um, and trying, like I say, I didn't necessarily know where I wanted to go with my career. So trying to narrow it down to the right area um, meant it was probably actually a longer process than it could have been if I. Had, would have known that what I wanted to do immediately um, but ultimately once I sort of read a lot more about how the co-op worked as an organisation and spoke to some people that have worked there that sort of became my main focus um, and sort of once I'd done that obviously putting in the time required to complete all the applications and really prepare for the assessment centre it obviously paid off because I, I got offered the role but I think that's what's you know really useful if you can really narrow down what you want to do and the company, then that, that really does show when you actually get interviewed for it. And I think we hear about that a lot as well, don't we? That people, you know, don't necessarily want you to have experience in security, but they want to see a passion or, or a strong interest. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, definitely. I think that was a, a very large part of, of the interview process. So the, the scheme I, I joined on was technology focused it wasn't a cyber security graduate scheme but that sort of interest in technology um, and obviously in my case cyber really came out in the the interviews that that I had um, and there were lots of questions in terms of you know where where do you think the industry is going how can the bank adapt to that and what do you think that we need to do um, and obviously not necessarily being able to answer them the questions technically to say this is exactly the sort of hardware we'd introduce but conceptually, what do you think our customer base are expecting and how would we try and manage that? Now, I think we hear a lot about how people who are trying to break into security find it hard. And I wonder if sometimes if there's a mismatch on expectations, you know, around because the industry needs people, that actually it will be quite easy to walk into a cybersecurity job. But in reality, you know, there's still this long process to go to. So what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, completely. I think 
I think is, you know, probably appreciate that there is a skills gap. Um, and, you know, employers want someone to be able to come in and, you know, be able to, you know, start on day one and be relatively up and running, which isn't always possible when, you know, you're recruiting people without that cyber experience. I think I've been very lucky that at the bank they've invested that time and appreciate that that wasn't going to be the case um, with myself, but have developed me um, and developed my understanding over time. Um, so that I've now become sort of an integral part of that team. But definitely, I think the industry as a whole is very difficult in terms of, you know, if you've got that experience, that's brilliant. But that's definitely not going to be the case for a few years to come until that sort of skills gap has, has caught up, as it were. So it's a, a case of has the, then is there then that um, sort of training available to colleagues that do join? they've got those transferable skills which we talked about and um, to actually get them up to speed. So you said it was a technology role that you went into so did you get put into cyber security or did you keep asking for those sort of projects? So in my final interview for the, the graduate scheme I requested a cyber placement um, so that was the, the very first role I, I did at the, at the bank um, as part of the scheme, we were then sort of made to move around just so we had an appreciation of how all the different teams work together, um, which I think works really well. Um, and then in my final year of this scheme, I requested to, to return to cybersecurity because I knew that's where I wanted to, to work and to be. Um, so I wanted to spend that time, again, developing my skills and making sure that once the graduate scheme had ended, um, I was then sort of ready and had the skills to actually be able to apply for a full-time job. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a case of, of me forcing um, the, the message and getting myself into those roles. Um, but I don't think there was any pushback from the, the bank, which was really good. So it was obviously flexible in terms of where we wanted to go or where I wanted to go. Um, and they made that work. And what are some of the things that you've done as your first projects within security? So a lot of what I did initially was around user awareness um, and, you know, understanding the sort of psychology behind phishing emails and, and why people click those um, and then trying to educate um, our colleague base so that they, you know, understand the red flags of phishing emails or of social engineering attacks. Um, similarly, with sort of password hygiene, just trying to improve, you know, general um, cybersecurity amongst colleagues across the bank, um, because obviously it doesn't necessarily need a, a great technical understanding when, when I first joined, which is what I, I didn't necessarily have, um, but really allowed me to develop that whilst also using those other skills to educate others. And have you found that easy? Has it had some success? Definitely. So since I joined, I've launched um, Cyber Awareness Week as part of Cyber Awareness Month, which is actually October, so this month. And our awareness week is next week. So we've done that for the past three years now. Um, and we've always had amazing sort of responses from colleagues around how interesting they find it. And then we always see from sort of behavioural stuff following that, that actually we do see less people falling for phishing emails um, and things like that. So there's definitely been um, you know, positive reaction from colleagues who I think it's safe to say they want to, to learn more about cyber and they want to understand it, but it's giving them the time when obviously they've got their day job to do um, and making it, you know, as 
appreciate so that they can appreciate it in the sense that this affects their personal lives as well as in work. So how did you go about getting their buy-in and getting them interested? So I think initially it, it, what we did was build um, a sort of network of ambassadors, so trusted individuals amongst the wider bank who were bought into what we were trying to do. Um, and that really worked well in embedding, embedding someone who, you know, worked in that team, understood the challenges that they came across on a day-to-day basis, um, but then understood the, the cyber consequences of potentially, you know, having a, a weak password or, like I say, clicking on a, a phishing email um, and using those people as sort of go-tos for their area, whilst also in the background, giving them all the support that that ambassador needed, really helped us to sort of build that trust that, you know, we aren't a, a cybersecurity team that are just here to shout at you. Um, we really want to help you educate colleagues um, so that you can do the right thing. Now, that's a really good strategy to implement. How did you identify those people that could act as champions? So we, we went out to a number of colleagues who we knew were sort of active in um, engagement already and just asked if they had any interest in, in cybersecurity or learning more about cybersecurity. Um, and once we got sort of a solid number, um, we then started doing initial workshops with them. Um, and then from that, it really drew out the actually this is something that is accessible to anyone um, and is really interesting to anyone. So, you know, it's in the news every week. Um, how can we make that understandable to our colleagues um, but make make them aware that this is something that they can dictate as well and they really have control over? Um, so it was a case of identifying the people was was relatively easy, but it was then actually getting them, you know, on board on 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 with the message um, with those workshops that really helped us to then push push further and get more people engaged. There could be a time commitment problem as well I guess where people actually like you say have their day job to do. Yeah definitely and that's what we've, we've always been um, appreciative of when we've done those sessions that we understand that you know being a cyber ambassador or just understanding cyber security in itself and learning more can take time. So we really try to give back to those colleagues with the support that we offer um, and trying to keep it topical and relevant. So where things happen in the news, we try to make the, that understandable and bite size and send that out to those colleagues so that they can then share that with their team. So it's sort of like a, a quick bulletin. They don't need to take loads of time to understand the concepts and, and read through loads of different pieces of information. We've already done that for them. So we try and make it as, as easy and simple as possible for them, um, whilst understanding completely, like you say, they've got loads of other things to do and often, and this is what we're trying to move away from, cyber becomes sort of a secondary thought. We want to move it to the forefront so that, you know, as soon as you receive a suspicious looking email, you know what to do and you report it as opposed to you click it and then afterwards you think maybe I shouldn't have done that. And what about the the bank as a whole? What's it like as a place to work? So so personally, I love working at the bank. Um, the culture is amazing and sort of what is touted in the sort of the PR around the values and ethics, I think is actually, you know, true and evident. Um the people are always willing to support you. So in my sort of career journey, I've always, you know, found colleagues supportive um, and willing to 
offer me advice, offer me, you know, one-on-one sessions in terms of shadowing, in terms to try and understand concepts or just to give me personal career advice. Um, so I think it's a, it's a great place to work. Um, and I would definitely, if anyone is interested in sort of cyber roles, um, the team is, you know, a great place in terms of we've got a cross-section of age, gender, everything. It's a really nice place to, to, to work, in my opinion. That's quite exciting to hear that there's a diversity in the team as well in, in terms of gender in particular, but but everything else. Yeah, completely. I think the, the team probably, I don't know, five years ago when I first joined the bank, um, wasn't as diverse as it is now. And that's definitely a credit to the sort of senior managers. They've really focused on that and tried to bring in, you know, younger colleagues and and like you say, bring that diversity into the team, which is now paying off. Um, and that, that sort of next generation is definitely coming out, which is really good to see. So what do you think your future plans are within your security career? Do you want to be a CISO in the future? So I, I think ultimately, yeah. Um, I've, I find cyber incredibly interesting and the fact that it, you know, is constantly evolving. Um I find that really, really interesting. And that's what, you know, has captured my interest. Um, going forward, you know, in terms of timescales and things like that, I, I don't really know when things might happen, but definitely um, I'd look towards a CISO role. Um, and if I could do that at a bank, that'd be even better. But don't tell the current CISO that. <laughs> Let's hope they're not listening. <laughs> How do you work out how you're going to get there? Is this something you've given any thought to? You know, what does my next move need to be so that I get the right experience so that one day I'm qualified for that role? Yeah, it's definitely something I'm very conscious of and very um, sort of lucky in the fact that I'm well supported by quite a few mentors at the bank um, and I use them uh, quite often to sort of have those discussions and bounce ideas off to say, you know, I feel as though this part of my sort of um, career is now really well-rounded. What do I need to do to get to that next step? Um, and given some of the, the experience that the colleagues have, they've been really, you know, really um, supportive in offering that advice. And that's really helped me to understand, you know, where do I then need to focus next to, to make that step and to make sure that when I do make that jump, um, it won't be, you know, too far. Do you think there's enough information out there externally on how to map out your career? Yeah, definitely. I think it, internally at the bank, there's there's loads of information and a lot of that points to external resources. Um, I think just with, you know, the, the internet itself being a massive resource, I, I found lots of, you know, different methods that can be used and different, you know, templates and things that you can follow. Um, and I, I think it just is a case of choose something that suits you um, but definitely there's a lot out there um, so don't you know don't get concerned that you're following a different methodology to someone else if it works for you then that's what I'd advise sticking to. Now I'm really glad that you mentioned mentoring because I see that as a, a great way of helping people progress their career. How did you go about building those relationships? So I was very lucky in that initially I was given a mentor when I joined the graduate scheme um, and really got on with that individual. Um, but then following that, um, 
as and when I sort of met people that, you know, I wanted to either replicate parts of their career or who'd, you know, actively come out to give me advice. Um, I then approached them to sort of explain what I was trying to do with my career and what I, you know, my aims were and would they be willing to, you know, be supportive of that and sort of mentor me, whether that be officially or unofficially. Um, and fortunately, everyone sort of has agreed. So I'd say I probably have three or four mentors currently at the bank, all in different roles across. So, you know, someone in cybersecurity, but then also um, three other colleagues across the, the organisation who've got different experience and can give that different advice, which I find really, really valuable to have those different opinions. So that's really interesting. So you've asked them, you know, will you will you help me? And is that on a, a regular basis or is that more ad hoc? So I think it goes in sort of stages. So, you know, where I've got a big piece of work or a big project, it might become more regular um, with one or the other um, to understand, you know, and just bounce ideas off them to get their understanding and, you know, their viewpoint. Um, and then sometimes it does become more more ad hoc where, you know, I don't necessarily need that, that regular touch point. But now and again, like we've discussed, I just want to get that steer on, you know, this is where, I currently am career-wise is this you know where you think I should be what can I be doing to push myself further um, and all those sorts of questions. And if somebody was listening and thinking about how that's something they want but they don't know how to go about getting it whether internally or externally would you have any advice? Yeah completely so I think identifying someone that you want to support you and mentor you that is that's the most important part because if like we've discussed in terms of applying for jobs if you can articulate why that person um is someone that you're looking up looking up to or want to support you that will really help them justify it so all the people that I've approached have been incredibly busy um but when I've sort of like I say articulated why I want them to support me and why I think they're the best person for it they've always then made that time um so I think that's the the key point I, I try and get across that find the right person and then it will sort of naturally happen and it won't be a, a forced relationship and then hopefully it will all it will sort of last as long as you need it to. Now what about security qualifications have you got any that you're taking or thinking about taking? Yeah so I'm, I'm currently studying for the certified ethical hacker um, and I'd sort of obviously Anyone who's looking to get into cybersecurity, building accreditations is something that can never hurt. Um, fortunately for the bank, it wasn't something that was sort of a prerequisite for when I, I joined full time in the team. But it's definitely something I'm, I'm looking to develop and get as much you know experience as possible um, and take that early next year. We hear a lot about qualifications as well, I think, in the industry. And I think I think it can be quite confusing knowing which ones to take. So how did you decide on the certified ethical hacker? Well, again, that, that came down from sort of mentor, my, one of my mentors who I sort of asked that, that exact same question to. Um, so like you say, there's so many different things that you can do and so many different qualifications you can undertake. It was more a question to them of what do they think is, you know, most valued in terms of employability, but also in the role I'm currently doing, what will support me the most? Um, and we discussed a few different options, um, but CEH sort of came out as the, the most obvious one. Um, but, you know, definitely there's there's so much out there that 
it can be confusing. So again, if you can get someone who is probably possibly more experienced to give that appreciation of you know what is going to be the best for you, um, then you know do that. I think that's really good advice. Kind of going back to that that mentor and advice piece from external sources. Yeah, completely. I I've you know relied a lot on not necessarily my mentors, but even the wider team, just to understand, you know, what do they think is, you know, valuable? What would they recommend? And, and what have they done in the past themselves? Um, so it's just getting that, you know, that commentary of what what does work, what doesn't work from people that have been there and done it, really. And do you have any other advice for people that are thinking about a security career or know that that's what they want, but are working out the best way to get in? So I think the best piece of advice I could give is just if you're interested, carry on sort of reading around the topics, reading the news. Cybersecurity is a really good good sort of area in that it's constantly evolving. And so there's constantly different things that will take your interest. So even if you don't like certain elements of cybersecurity, I'm sure there'll be loads of other bits that really take your interest and really resonate with you. Um, so it's my advice would just be sort of continue to read around it um, and understand what bits interest you so that when you are then looking for roles you know exactly what sort of thing you want. Now we end each podcast with 10 quick fire questions so are you are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) What turns you on professionally? A challenge. What turns you off professionally? monotony how do you unwind watching tv what profession other than your own would you like to try footballer what activity gives you the most energy sorry could you repeat that sorry what activity gives you the most energy Uh, running who is your biggest inspiration? Cheesy one, but my parents. Most people go with parents, or a lot of people do. Um, if you had to <laughs> present a speech right now, what one word would be its subject? Change. You are at your best when you're doing what? Working. If today was the last day of your life, what one lesson would you impart? Take risks. And if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say is the reason he is letting you through the gates? (laughs) Uh, Educating everyone about cyber risks. I like that one. (laughs) (laughs) That's cheesy, but I like it. Um, (laughs) we ask in there you know how do you unwind and I think we've heard a lot this year about how security is is stressful and actually security professionals have found 2020 particularly stressful and have had a lot of extra work put on them how are you finding that part of the industry I think yeah I agree but I think I like a lot of other sectors it's just it's more the adapting to the new world so obviously a lot more working from home um, and working remotely that in itself brings a lot of challenges um, 
So I, personally, I like to try and have a cut off to the end of the day. Um, although I do often breach that myself, but sort of by half five, I'll try and shut everything down. Um, and then, you know, either start cooking or watch something on the TV to take my mind off, off work. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For the latest episodes, please subscribe and for future conversations, reach out on Twitter and LinkedIn.